0: disorder has been restored to the fast lane disorder. on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg. App. Disorder. I mean I would say so usually it's much more chaotic when I'm in the building, right Trey?
1: Oh okay. Oh okay. Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay. okay. I I thought you were more saying like like now that you're back like I I was like the bad influence last week. Okay, no, I get no. what you're saying. I,
0: I listened at Fast Lane at Lane. on a podcast. I
1: I may be a little tired, so uh I was I was uh, dog sitting all weekend, so.
0: Oh, rough life. Well. Well, it was for my mother. It was for my mother, so.
1: (laughs) I had to do it for her.
0: You know, hey, mom calls for something like that gotta do it your parents have put up with a lot i can say the same about mine uh it's a uh, truthfully all you know All comments about that aside i'm in a much better spot with my mom and dad in case people are wondering why that comment gets to slip in and i'm fortunate to be able to say that perfect no never perfect i don't ever believe that's the case but uh yes i'm blessed to say it's in a much better spot but it is amusing to start the fast lane because disorder has been restored chaos always seems to be around when i am here And disorder, perhaps, in NASCAR, because it could have gotten chaotic. In fact, I thought it might have gotten chaotic. So to use the sports betting parlance to start the fast lane here on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, there are certain bets that you make and you lose and you're like, what was I thinking? There are certain bets you make and you win, but you have to be smart enough to acknowledge that you kind of got lucky on that. There's certain bets that you might win, make, and you win, and you nailed it. Then there's certain bets you make that you lose, but the logic makes total sense. And today, betting on Martin Trucks Jr. at a plus money price as he was surging through the field, getting off of a pit sequence, and in what? 19 laps, I believe? Ironically enough, making up a gap from 19th to the lead and winning the stage two barely It sure seemed like Martin Trucks Jr. was going to run away with the race. And getting him at plus money during that surge and identifying it made a lot of sense. But in hindsight, it's okay to say, you know what? The logic made all the sense in the world. Because also, he had multiple opportunities to catch eventual race winner Chris Buescher. Awesome story, by the way. I love that these two guys are battling it out for the win. Okay, you're not going to be putting too many NASCAR promotional ads together. Uh, and running them on tv or the radio broadcasts if you will or social media or however they want to advertise you know it's not they're not doing enough with us so i don't really know what they're doing but we know they do that you're not going to put very many together highlighting chris busher versus martin truex jr but this was one of the more compelling races it sure looked like truex was going to catch, catch chris busher in fact he caught him twice but there's that old adage in motorsports. Catching him is one thing, passing him is another. And I, I, the logic of Martin Truex Jr. when he was still at plus money and surging to a stage two victory, barely at the end of stage two, but getting a victory in that stage, I'm fine having thrown away that $50 today. It's not there. It's gone up in smoke. The logic made complete sense. Best driver over the last month and a half to two months, a championship favorite, And a guy that had, let's be honest, the better car for the majority of the day at Michigan and was in the process of slicing and dicing his way through the field. But at the very end, Truex had a difficult time ultimately passing Chris Buescher. And he noted that when he spoke with Fox Sports Bob Pachris after the race as to why he could catch but not pass the eventual race winner, back-to-back winner, we might add, who was also victorious at Richmond in front of Trey Lyle and his frontstretch.com colleagues a couple of weeks ago.
2: Our car was really, really good. I mean, out front, we would have been checked out and gone. Just, um you get right up behind someone and they're running the, the preferred line, which there's only one really fast groove here in Michigan and everybody wants to be in it. You know, the leader takes that from you and then you're just trying to search and, you know, you're, you're not running where your car wants to be uh, to, to get to the leader. You know, so I, I hurt my front tires a lot, trying to get underneath of him for quite a while there and finally made it work. Uh, just couldn't complete it.
0: Had to work so hard to catch the leader that he couldn't quite get the right position in the right spot to pass. Well, almost. Unless he was willing to get a little aggressive.
2: Uh, yeah, I was disappointed, but, I mean, yeah, I don't know what else I could have done. You know, I think I did everything I could to get there. And, um, you know, to get beside him was nearly impossible. And, you know, it was going to be really difficult to complete that pass, so... Yeah, I don't I don't know what else I could have done different aside, you know, aside from running into him, uh, which I easily could have done. But, you know, I'm not going to do that.
0: I'm not going to do that. Here's the reality. I don't blame Martin Trucks Jr. OK, yes, I, I, I glorify the fact that I'm a Dale Earnhardt Sr. fan and also laud the moment that Jeremy Mayfield gave Dale Sr. karma at Pocono some 20 plus years ago by nudging Dale Earnhardt out of the way, sticking his left arm out the window and pumping his fist at the Intimidator as he crossed the finish line. Kind of a snot nose move, but kind of humorous and ironic. I, I am that guy. But let's think about this bigger picture here. If you're Martin Truex Jr., you're still kind of the favorite to win the championship. You've been the most consistent driver to this point throughout the year. Byron and Larson, they've cooled off. Could they catch fire? And is Hendrick capable? More than capable of catching fire. Could someone else enter the foray? No doubt about it. Denny Hamlin, if he doesn't have self-inflicted mistakes, once again, those were an issue today. Could he be in the picture? Sure. Chris Buescher, he's caught lightning in a bottle lately, and we've seen guys like Tony Stewart, when he won his championship against Carl Edwards uh, a little over a decade ago, that he kind of caught fire and rode that wave over the second half to an NASCAR championship. So it's possible that can be what's happening. But right now, I'm still willing to say that while Buescher's odds should not be what, 30-1, to 40-1, to 50-1 in some spots, which is what they were before the race today. I don't still put him as the favorite in NASCAR, but he's now a guy you have to answer. Michigan, a track that is similar to what you'll see for much of the chase, being one of those one and a half to two mile cookie cutters. He ran well here today, and he was a top five car and was able to use some right strategy to get the lead and then hold off a very strong Martin Truex Jr. Also, in addition to that, The other part of the race today is that Busher has now run well at multiple tracks. He ran well at Richmond, similar to Phoenix. Truex, he's run well and been more consistently good at more tracks, including tracks like Phoenix in his past, so I will give him the edge, surely, in that category. And there are others that might sneak in here and be able to catch, again, that lightning in a bottle that Busher seems to have right now. But now's not the time, if you're Martin Truex Jr., Trey, to use the chrome horn. Do I believe he should use it at some point? Yes. Do I have my doubts Truex would get aggressive at a certain spot down the road? Yeah, I kind of do because he's often talked about it but never really backed it up. But today was not the day where you burn the proverbial bridge, if you will, by angering another driver. Save that for an elimination round when either you needed to advance to the next round or maybe if we are in the same spot and you've got the better car at Phoenix for a championship and say, you know what? You got to do what you got to do to win a championship at that point. It's different. But I do understand why Truex did not do it today.
1: Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't have, he, he's never done it. So, you know, I mean, he got to the point where he could have done it to Joey Logano post Martinsville a few years ago. And he said he's not going to win the championship or not going to win the, the war, I guess. And he didn't do it there. It's just not his driving style. He's probably the most respectful driver on the circuit in terms of how, like, what he can do um but yeah i i it, it's not that time i think you know again it's just hard to pass these type of tracks ever since you know with the the horsepower that they have and it, it got proven like the clean air ultimately wins and that's kind of what it felt like today when you know you heard the word track position or track like 7,000 times. So it's hard to pass. And Busher had a good enough car um, to to make it work.
0: He did. And Busher was good enough today. And while uh, you can correct me if you disagree, Trey, while I don't put Busher as the favorite, I think he's a guy that deserves at least respect as being somebody that now could make noise in the playoffs. Something people questioned after the win at Richmond, as dominant as he was because it was his first win since bristol last year and just the third of his career but now going back to back two different styles of tracks and two tracks that have some translatable effects to what you'll get in the playoffs yeah i think there's some merit now to say that busher is a guy that could be there at the end and that does shape the way this race unfolded today also
1: yeah yeah um you know i i think this is a a flagship moment for for rfk like i think ultimately like their last two weeks has really brought to the forefront to question, are they the best four team? I mean, it's clearly them or, or kind of the team that Brad is modeling RFK after, Pinsky. But uh, at the end of the day, Truex was going to do as much as he can without wrecking, which he got very close to wrecking, passing the 17. And Chris Busher is at, you know, you know kind of... He did the Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick did this exactly last year at the same exact time. One Richmond, one Michigan, just flipped it because Richmond is at Richmond was ahead of Michigan this year, unlike last year. And I think for Chris Busher, like this is him kind of finally, you know, maybe establishing himself as a guy from who has talent and has shown speed and flashes to. Maybe a more consistent front-of-the-end finisher than I I would say this is on Trex. Because Trex clearly had the fastest car. He's the points leader all year. It's not shocking that he finished second and had the fastest car. It's more about, I think, the last two weeks of Chris Buescher and him peaking at the— him kind of peaking and RFK peaking, maybe heading into the playoffs, than it is more about Trex.
0: Do you want to peak, by the way? And make sure your summer peaks on a great note, ends on a high note then you need to make sure that you go ahead and head to InsaneRadioDeals.com and get those Lynchburg Hillcats general admission tickets or reserve tickets with a $10 food voucher. Now, well over 50% off each of those tickets at InsaneRadioDeals.com. So log on, select the game you want, take your family and friends out to the ballpark, and end summer with a bang thanks to InsaneRadioDeals.com. Somebody who did not end very well was the U.S. Women's National Team. And I don't pretend to be a soccer aficionado by any means. Um, I understand there are people that have issues with the women's national team in soccer because of their uh, political commentary. And hey, free to have your own opinions. That's what makes this country as great as it is. But I, I, I don't have an issue with the idea of criticizing their poor performance here. They won one match, the opener 3-0 against Vietnam. They statistically dominated and controlled that based on my novice observations. Clearly out-shooting, out-possessing, and out-passing Vietnam in the opener. So it was clear they not only were in the lead, but they were in control throughout the game. But they had missed opportunities. And after that, it was two draws in regulation, and then a draw in regulation that turned into yesterday morning in the wee hours, a loss in penalty kicks to sweden failing to reach the round of eight much of the quarterfinals much less the semis the championship or even winning the third consecutive world cup and i will use a phrase that we love to use or got from a guy we love to quote here in the fast lane but pittsburgh steelers had football coach mike tomlin who has uttered this infamous phrase the standard is the standard that's our motto that's our creed that's our approach but um, it's just words Um, The guys make those words come alive by delivering time and time again. Yes, you make the words come alive by delivering. Well, Team USA, they did not deliver. And I'm fine with criticizing their lack of performance with one win, two draws, and then a loss from a regulation draw, a loss in penalty kicks. Because, again, as Mike Tomlin has so famously said, The standard is the standard. Exactly. And the standard of Team USA is to at least contend for Women's World Cup championships and gold medals in the Olympics when those opportunities arise. They've won it twice. They made the finals a couple of other times. They didn't come close this year. And from my novice perspective, again, this is not somebody who's a soccer aficionado like Trey is. I don't bet on this sport. I can't pretend to tell you too much info unless it's my brother who's a big soccer fan or someone else that I know and respect that might be a big soccer fan saying, hey, you might want to consider this. Otherwise, it's just not my cup of tea. I don't understand it. But I like to believe I've been following sports long enough to realize when things look like they are clicking and teams look like they have a level of intensity. And neither of those were true. It never looked like Team USA women's soccer. Things were clicking for them in terms of offensively. They had three draws. And in each of those draws, they struggled to find the back of the net. I mean, realistically, they did. The one in the second match they played back in the qualifying stage, they were down early and ended up a 1-1 draw. Then they had another 0-0 draw in their final group match stage. A nil-nil draw against Sweden before missing penalty kick opportunities. Look, you can't want all the credit and accolades of being the best, of being trailblazers for women's sports, of being people that everyone pays attention to whenever something pops up politically that you disagree with, or you're taking an issue, which I agree with, by the way, the equal pay issue. I'm completely on board with the idea of that. But you can't have all of the glory and all of the influence and all of the spotlight and expect people to take you seriously if you don't adhere to the creed of... The standard is the standard. And the standard is the standard for them, which is to contend for championships and they didn't come close. And for that, they deserve to be vilified. And I know these comments from Carly Lloyd, the former U.S. women's soccer team. Got a lot of criticism within Team USA, but I just couldn't help but thinking about this. Watching that match yesterday and then obviously seeing how it ended where it's a draw it's kind of turned into a slugfest where you have to learn to fight through those and the fact that this is a roster where the veterans have either moved on careers ended as you know as respectable and phenomenal as they've been or they've gotten shifted to the back burner and a younger generation has taken over you got to learn how to win you have to learn how to fight and scrap and call for these moments and we've seen this happen with team usa where they've had a young group And eventually it clicks and they do rattle off dominating performance after dominating performance but it's okay to hold them to a high standard carly lloyd did it and i know she came under fire but to me as a novice sports fan who just wants to see team usa represent the usa with winning and upholding the mike tomlin The standard is the standard then it's okay for carly lloyd to have said this in her post-match commentary a few matches ago on fox
2: i have never witnessed And just seeing these images for the first time right now on the desk, I've never witnessed something like that. There's a difference between being respectful of the fans and saying hello to your family, but to be dancing, to be smiling. I mean, the player of the match was that post. You were lucky to not be going home right now.
0: I mean, and, and it disappoints me that Carly Lloyd backtracked off those comments because I'm cool with her making those. I mean, you're celebrating after a draw. And yes, you moved on to the next round, But this is a program where the standard is high enough that you should expect more out of yourself than just advancing, where you should hold yourself to a higher standard. And it's okay to celebrate when you do great things. People have bagged on Megan Rapinoe for years for the times where she celebrated and gotten a little showboatish after she scored or assisted on goals. Hey, to the victor goes the spoils. You're looking at a guy that loved the Miami Hurricanes back in the 80s, 90s, and the 2000s, where... You know, if you didn't like how they celebrated in the end zone or after sacking a player or forcing a turnover, don't let it happen. That was kind of the creed there. So I'm fine with that. But if you want to have that respect and opportunity and be given it, you have to back it up. That's part of it. If you're going to live that way and play that way, then do something to back it up. And that is where the level of disappointment goes. Shifting from that disappointment to, obviously, a much sadder form of disappointment, that is where we start things off in the Fast Five at Five ish it's time for the fast five at five ish
2: five fast-paced quick-witted things you need to know right now number five
0: so frankly i didn't say a lot about this when the news came out and i got wind of this before liberty university quickly released a statement yesterday it is with heavy hearts that we share the news of the loss of one of our student athletes taj boyd We thank God for bringing Taj into our Liberty Athletics community, and we will always remember him as a flame. Taj will be missed dearly. Offensive lineman, first year, getting ready for his freshman year at Liberty University. Um, You know, you can check out the InsaneRadioDeals.com fast take that we posted earlier today on this, and I appreciate all the support that has come in from our fans and and listeners from that a little bit earlier. Um, I didn't do anything with that yesterday, and and frankly was kind of curious and just took a moment to try to figure out how i was going to phrase it earlier today um nobody has refuted this and i've heard people confirm this but you know let's be honest you're talking about the the reality in this day and age where mental health is more widely aware aware of and we are more aware of those challenges trey and i have both been outspoken about our battles when it comes to mental health and depression or anxiety or a combination of those and it doesn't preclude either of us from kind of living by that Mike Tomlin creed we played a little bit earlier of having high standards for ourselves. But it's a balance learning how to live by that, handle accountability, and yet understanding that there are also times where you just have to tap out and take a moment. It's why I do less air in the fast lane, and we don't do a ton of it, but good nature ribbing and rubbing. We do it some, and it's not like Trey and I rehearse this, but we do it in a way where if we stop we know the scripts
1: out all right dad the script you write a script for me every day come and, on you
0: know with the time that i have trey it like takes we are actually time.
1: like we're actually secretly the part of the nfl script writing team and this is how we practice
0: you know it, it we practice so well it hopefully sounds legitimate Um, No, but in all seriousness, um, it's sad. And that was my first thing. And I got wind of this a few hours before Liberty issued their press release. I commend them for jumping out and issuing a press release as soon as possible. Um, you can read into it what we've said before and what we were saying right now about this is everything that pops up generally when, uh, you know, this is one of my first rules of thumb anyway. Generally, when no cause of death is listed, especially with someone that dies unexpectedly, it's not always the case that something pops up. Sometimes it is health related. If it is, sometimes it comes out sometimes it doesn't and when it does versus doesn't you can figure out where things are going and usually if not it's one of two things and with most student athletes and to my knowledge Taj Boyd being the case there was not substance abuse issues that popped in that was not what unfolded here so again figure out where we're going with this but it brings up a bigger point that it's okay to not be okay it's okay to say you know what this news sucks as a sports fan as a liberty university fan to see now for the second time this year something like this pop up within the liberty flames athletics community where a situation arises and you have to realize that it's okay to acknowledge the weakness of mental health and the need to be fervent and on board with that and i don't at all blame liberty for this this is not the reality this can happen anywhere these things pop up People look at the tragedy on grounds at virginia and just how sad and despicable that act was that unfolded last november that killed three virginia football players but there is a mental health angle to that as well and someone not being able to properly process that and feeling able to go reach out to the right people and receive the right level of support. And we're always gonna be grappling with that because everybody's different. There is no one size fits all solution to any of this. There's no blueprint for how to do this. It's a challenge, it's a delicate balance and you do the best you can. And yes, you hope and pray that you'll have more clarity on what to do and how to handle these type of situations going forward. But every time these things pop up, it, it clearly shows a level of vulnerability and why, you know, I think Trey and I are both open at times to being willing to say these things are serious, that we've had our own challenges when it comes to mental health. We say it because I, I want people to be okay admitting that and looking for the best way to get solutions and that it's okay to say that as challenging as it might be. And yes, there is no other way to move on from that into number four. But another topic that did come out, Sam Vecini, the Athletic.com came out with his latest NBA draft, player rankings and I give these type of things more credence NBA draft rankings than I do NFL rankings because you can have player rankings for the NFL but so often how positions are valued and how teams value positions and what they're really seeking impacts where a player really gets ranked they're just more variables in the NBA it's largely about projection Ryan Dunn projected as the 32nd pick in the San Vasini player draft rankings Virginia sophomore second year or that's an early second rounder i completely see that i see a guy that clearly could be in the first round if he develops the way i expect that he will after this year and believe there's a very good chance if you asked me you know whether it should be projected ryan dunn leaves virginia after this year i would lean yes because of his upside and the trust that tony bennett has to develop players reese beekman is a 45th pick mid-second rounder is what that translates to under San vasini's rankings i see where that goes too and 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 to me again i am banking on tony bennett with a redefined roster and redefined roles being able to connect in a much different way and in a way that makes complete sense for how these guys can grow and develop their careers number three back to today's race winner martin truex jr he announced he will return to joe gibbs racing for the 2024 season over the weekend Also, Corey LaJoy announcing he will have one more year with Spire Motorsports, actually multiple years, signing a multi-year extension to stick with the number seven car for Spire Motorsports in the Cup Series. I love both of these moves. You know me, I'm a fan of Martin Truex Jr. and just his style of racing, the fact that he has gotten the most out of equipment, that he's never been one that's lauded in a lot of ways. And the whole stacking pennies approach for Corey LaJoy is the same thing. Guys that aren't necessarily revered, And not necessarily touted as the next great thing, but find a way to come through. It's always cool whenever you can see them develop and eventually get rewarded. Number two, Joe Gibbs Racing already talking to the Washington Commanders and other Josh Harris-owned pro sports teams about ways to collaborate, including getting Magic Johnson involved with the race attendance, operation, and promotion. Look, I joke as much as anybody about Magic Johnson and his nebulous Twitter commentary, which really is the most unsubstantive thing in the world. If you go check it out, you'll see what I mean. There's not much there. But people follow him. People love him. He is a Laker legend, and he does have a lot of sway with people out there. And if you're NASCAR, why not leverage that for somebody who can just make a post about a NASCAR race being cool and him enjoying it wherever you fly him to, whatever destination he chooses to attend. Leverage that. For your own benefit and oh by the way yes promote nascar at commander's games promote nascar at 76ers games give them a better divergent thing from seeing that crappy product out there and
1: talking about the commanders right
0: uh <laughs> you know me the anti-sixer guy trey
1: i mean at least they'll play well in the regular season
0: well that is very true but no i think this is a smart business move from a nascar perspective and number one on the fast five at five ish i about laughed and my kids didn't know why When I saw the Pete Thamel tweet earlier today that in the next 24 hours, there are two calls for the ACC to vet and have exploratory discussions about the addition of two new schools. And nope, it's not Notre Dame and West Virginia. It never will be Notre Dame. It will not be. It could be West Virginia in the future, but oh no, why would we go with a geographical fit? A fan base that would love to join the conference, rekindle rivalries, spark that passion that fans have had, no, this is the same ACC that, oh, by the way, thought it would be great to have Virginia Tech paired up with Wake Forest and Miami to be paired up with Louisville, given the history those programs have against each other as common opponents, not, oh, I don't know, Wake Forest and Louisville as a common opponent. No fun rivalry sparks there from Wakey Leaks and Virginia Tech Miami, regardless of two plus decades of history. Oh, no, why would we ever do that? The ACC is looking at Cal and Stanford. Sticking out like a sore left thumb, yes. This would be so perfect for the ACC. They get the leftovers, it doesn't make any geographic sense, and it doesn't bring any level of passion or fandom to a conference that seems to totally miss the boat when it comes to that. To answer the question of the three stooges, I clearly have a wonder as to whether the answer is yes.
2: And there is your fast five at five. When we
0: return in the fast lane, more on those changes in college sports with... ACC, well, accsports.com's Dave Glenn is Wednesday. Jerry Ratcliffe, David Cunningham, and John Manson. Who's Hokies and Flames and Covering the Commonwealth, part one, next in the Fast Lane.